2: Moderator tonight's
1: broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Everybody's welcome on the range. But I can't do anything for you if you choose to stay outside. It's high noon for Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me I'm your moderator, or join the discussion thread at t.me I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com, and the merch site is cancelcouture.com, or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 251st day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You had all your ducks in a row, all of them. Just quack, 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 walking down the lane, crossing over the stream, right up the other bank on the other side. Just ducks right in a row. Perfect. Life was like a rhyme you learned in kindergarten. And then none of the bad stuff stopped. How? Everything was set up so perfectly. All we had to do was make sure that Trump went away. And all the bad stuff would stop. All the anguish, the torture, oh, the embarrassment. All of the bad things are happening to my country, and it's all the orange man's. How will I ever recover? I have to get rid of him. Once we are rid of him, everything will be perfect. And the mental anguish, it'll just melt away. You'll almost become a different person just getting rid of the orange man. Then you're different. Then the world knows you as you are. The perfect, informed, enlightened, righteous, morally pure little princes and princesses you all imagine yourselves to be. All that needs to happen is we get rid of the orange man. Everything is perfect. Whoops. How did it happen? How did it happen? None of that happened, did it, commies? Everything is exactly the same as it was. The mental anguish just still raining down on you from on high. Every day, the media just torturing you over and over and over again, telling you that somehow, even though you did everything right, you believed all the stories, you repeated all the slogans, and nonetheless, here you are. Everything you said and did and believed Everything you bullied and shamed and censored. All of it is just falling apart. Polls plummeting. Real life scenarios. Afghanistan. The border. Oh, so bad. How did it happen to you? Oh, it's Trump's policies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Joe Biden's in there, but it's all Trump's fault. Still doesn't matter. All the good news was supposed to start by now, and it hasn't started. It's just more bad news, bad, bad news. 53% of Americans now think that they can't trust Joe Biden to deliver correct information on the coronavirus. Remember that, commies? Remember how you said, this is our only way out of this. We have to vote for Joe Biden because Donald Trump let 400,000 people die. Nah, wrong then, too, commies. Crazy how all of these simplistic ideas that you took directly from television failed to understand, assumed were correct because all the smart people were saying them. How did all these ideas just fall flat on their faces? How is it possible that you are batting 0% even after listening to the television as much as anyone could have possibly done? You spent the entire period last year from March, when everybody got scared of the coronavirus. Until, you know, November or December or January, when everybody stopped being scared that Trump would still be president, you spent the entire time watching the television memorizing every single line. Nonetheless, the ideas have failed. Now, I was talking about this at length yesterday, and I want to add on to that. Just a little bit more just so you can understand what I really mean when I'm talking about the child brained nature of these thoughts. Okay, because this is going to be something that is going to stick around. All right. And you will continue to notice it until the point where the entire culture is saturated with a truthful understanding of what has happened. All right. And we are inching ever closer Toward that as these global communists and Democrat Communist Party, the failed medical community, the big tech censors, the media liars, all of it, all of them expose themselves constantly. And as that happens, the truth will continue to bubble toward the surface. And at the point where the entire country, more or less, understands that they have been lied to, that they have been tricked, and that the way out of that is not by listening to the television more. Well, then all of this is going to drop away and the child brained thought pattern will stop. But while it's here, I want you to fully understand it. OK, and I'm thinking about this yesterday in the afternoon after I put the show up and. Thinking about the actual slogans that they've been running around and repeating, OK, like imagine you're around a bunch of little kids, a lot of you are parents. The rest of you probably have friends with kids, so occasionally you got some little kids around, right? Me, rare experience, but I got some friends with some kids, and occasionally the kids run around and they're playing their little imaginary kid games, right? And one of them will come up and they'll be like, hey, you know, just do this, and then you're participating in the game, and you have to imagine that you're drinking a cup of tea or that you are riding a horse or something, right? I don't know what kids imagine these days. And you kind of hint that you're going to do it. And then the kid walks off and then you go back to your conversation, your normal adult conversation where you're not imagining yourself drinking tea. And the kid is like, hey, you're supposed to be drinking the tea too. And you're like, ah, damn it. I forgot about that. Okay. Like, it's not a tea party if you're not drinking the tea too. And you're like, okay, all right. I understand. I got to drink the tea too. Okay, okay, okay. That is honestly, honestly, what these commies are doing right now. My mask protects you and your mask protects me. So if you're not wearing your mask, neither of us are protected. You're not playing along. That's really what we hear from these people for real. My vaccine doesn't work. Unless you take the vaccine, too. If you don't take the vaccine, then I'm not protected, even though I took the vaccine. You're not playing along. We actually have adults in the world, adults by age, at least. You know what I mean? If a 38 year old is telling me that I have to get a vaccine or else theirs doesn't work. Well, that person it's going to be real tough to call that person an adult because they do not have a fully functioning adult sized brain. They have a child brain and in their child brain, they need me to imagine what they are imagining so that the game works. If we're not both playing along, then the game's over and then they can't have fun anymore. Then the world is not how they want to imagine it. And you're the bad guy (laughs) because you didn't play along their imaginary game. And the preservation of that imaginary game is the number one priority in these people's lives. And I am not saying that metaphorically. I am saying that literally these people are actually imagining themselves as something different than they are and the elements of life that they put around themselves, their possessions, the brands they associate with, the ideas they pretend to hold. All of these things are aspects of their imaginary self. Okay. Their imaginary self drives a Tesla. Does their real self drive a Tesla? Well, it has to, or they would have a hard time imagining themselves as a Tesla driver. So they spend their lives Saving up for a Tesla or buying a Tesla and having that be like one of your major spends throughout the month to the point where your life in some way revolves around paying for that Tesla. And remember, I spent a very long time in Hollywood watching this all the time, okay? People are obsessed with image and obsessed with material goods in Hollywood because material goods become a facet of who you are, right? They're an identifier. They like to identify as the sort of people who are successful enough to possess items from luxury brands, right? So if you have the Christian Louboutin shoes, the Gucci t-shirt the Louis Vuitton bag. You have a uh, G wagon, you know, the Mercedes uh, SUV that looks like a military vehicle. You have the right sunglasses. You wear the right cologne or perfume. You have conversations about the rims on your vehicle. You decorate your apartment in a way that people on Instagram might like. It's a total dystopia of materialism, and people will participate in every bit of it because it enhances their self-image. It allows them to imagine themselves as someone else, all right? But the material goods, unless you are willing to prostitute for it, and many people in Los Angeles are, never make that mistake, by the way, okay? A lot of the people showing off their branded items in Hollywood including many famous people, are actually prostitutes, okay? I'm not saying that, again, metaphorically. This is not a figurative statement. I am saying they get paid to go places and have sex with rich people. That's what I'm saying, very clearly, okay? Let's not make any bones about it. Very, 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 very big Instagram models, influencers, and others do get paid to go have sex with people. Okay? That's 100% true. And I'm not talking about any of like the ritualistic stuff. Please. I'm not going into that territory at all. Please don't assume that I am. I'm talking about transactional sex for money so that you can buy things and present a lifestyle that you cannot otherwise attain. Okay? Get there with me. That's all I want. Right? Now, what happens when the entire culture is pressuring everyone to seek that sort of representation to validate their lifestyle? Not everyone can afford all that stuff. Not everyone can afford the vacations. Okay? So what do you do then? When the entire point of existence becomes associating with brands to build your social status within the party of false decorum, and you can't afford to purchase the brands, what happens? Well, you start identifying with brands of ideas, okay? Because the branded idea will allow you to participate in that culture And imagine that you are a part of that culture without spending money. And it becomes an even more powerful force once the culture begins incentivizing people to do that. And that's exactly what the culture has done. And that includes people who already have some level of prominence. They want to continue gaining power. So they start associating with more and more branded ideas. And all of a sudden we have extraordinarily wealthy celebrities who live in gated communities talking about open borders. We have people who will fly on private jets trying to get pipelines shut down because all it is is a brand association. They are imagining themselves as someone they are not. Because they have no attachment to reality. The entire world is a fiction. Their friends are in some way imaginary. Both sides of these friendships. Rely on the person they're friends with. Representing themselves as someone they are not. And the party of false decorum. Everyone in it. They know this, okay? It's not a mystery about whether or not their relationships are genuine. You can get them alone, and they will say, yeah, well, you know, that person and I, we're not, we're not that close. Like, you know, that we do this together, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Oh, yeah. You could actually make one of them call their best friend terrible <laughs> within three minutes of talking to the person. If you ask the right questions, because they will have a hierarchy of associations by brand, branded idea, whatever. And if you disqualify the other person based on that hierarchy, you can get a person to admit that their friend is not their friend or that their friend is a bad person altogether. They will do this because their relationships are not real. They're not based on anything real. It's the person I imagine myself to be feels comfortable associating with the person you have imagined yourself to be. We are both in support of enough of the same brands and branded ideas that it's okay for us to be together. That is the basis for those materialistic friendships. And this is a factor of being a child brain. You have to play along with my imaginary game and if you don't play along then my imagination of what the world is around me begins to collapse and that's when I get scared and when I get scared oh boy well I'm going to act out because I'm six. That's what six-year-olds do. That's also what we have seen from the entire left for the entire time. Since Trump came down the escalator in 2015, that is what we have seen. And hey, if you're the sort of commie who has begun to realize this about yourself or about the people around you, well, the good news is You don't have to continue doing it, all right? You can just give up the imaginary world. And if those people go away with it, well, the truth is they're not your friends now, right? Their imagination needs your imagination and you both need to pretend to be something you're not together or else the relationship falls apart. Let it go, okay? All the ideas about what you have convinced yourself you are in the world. Let them go. All right. If you are encouraging children to be injected by force with an experimental gene therapy, you are not on the right side of history. You are not the one who is saving the world. Your political opinions are not toward progress. All right. That's a fact. If you are realizing that, let it go. Migrate back to America. And all of us will welcome you with open arms. That's what I'm telling you. All you have to do is make your amends. Be honest with the people that you have been absolutely brutal to. Right? You've bullied people. You've shamed people. You've censored and silenced them. You have made their lives extra difficult. During an already difficult time, just so that you could maintain your imaginary world with all your imaginary friends. So let it go and migrate back to America. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Tuesday high noon welcome all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! Let's be friends, commies. Redeem yourselves. Come back down to the range. You'll find your place. Everything's going to be just fine. But what you got to stop doing is holding on to all of those stupid and evil communist ideas. Because the truth is, you're not tearing society apart anymore. You're tearing yourselves apart. All right. Society is going to make it through. We have already figured out the truth of what's going on. The majority is on our side now. Okay. you don't get that comfort if you had it at all, because I believe and will argue that the majority viewpoint on the communist side never existed. That was only a factor of the power of the tech world and the entertainment world and the power of censorship. We were presented a false reality and we were convinced that it was real, that the story we were told, the image we were shown, all of that mapped onto an objective reality outside our door. Turns out it doesn't. There's actually no amount of shoes or handbags or cars, or vacations, or imaginary friends that can ever make you a Disney princess, all right? Disney princesses aren't real. Sorry, I know we got so many Disney fans. We all just pretend to one another that Disney is just the greatest thing to ever happen, despite overwhelming evidence that Disney is more than a little weird. We still have to pretend that it's the greatest thing ever. It's like the Beatles. You can't mess with the Beatles or with Disney. They're both just perfect. Hey, they're not perfect. How about that? Imagine one of the worst songs ever. All You Need Is Love. Absolutely the worst song ever. The worst, dumbest, most subversive song of all time is All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. That is just, sorry, true. Do with it. As you will. Oh, you're upset now. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about more ways that the narrative is collapsing around these people. Okay. You can see it happening. You can feel it happening. I imagine that most of you in the last week or two have had some messages or a message or whatever From people that you really thought would not wake up and it seems like they've started to or that they could, right? I hope you've had that experience. I have. And a lot of people have sent me those experiences. So I feel like maybe this is something that's going on right now. If it's not happening for you, I don't know what to say. I could be reading the situation wrong, but it seems like people are starting to realize that some of this has been pretty messed up. Now, one of those brand associations that the sort of Obamis and Romneys who are most representative of the party of false decorum, one of the brand associations that they have relied on is the NBA. The NBA associates with all of the ideas and all of the people and all of the culture and all of the lifestyles that. This materialistic imaginary world loves so much. The NBA and its players, mainly led by the communist LeBron James, the original Lebrami, a communist athlete. Lebrami's are everywhere, and I haven't gotten to use that word in a while. But if you recall, Stuart Morey, who was the GM of the Houston Rockets at the time—I don't know if he still is—but he had tweeted that he stands with the people of Hong Kong, right? Because they were protesting against the CCP and LeBron made sure to shout down Stuart Morey because the NBA's business interests in China were so important that Americans should not express the sentiment that they side with the people of Hong Kong. That is What's considered controversial these days, saying something that China won't like is controversial. Meanwhile, telling an American to silence themselves while supporting freedom, though well, that's just good business, according to the Labrami's. The NBA had just player after player after player after player kneeling for Black Lives Matter. Oh, we got to do Black Lives Matter stories every game. Throughout the playoffs last year, I remember this. I was in uh, a buddy's hotel room at the Trump Hotel in Vegas before we went to the Henderson rally. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that the NBA's playoffs were pushed back, like way back. So rather than being in May and June, they were in like September, right? So there was a playoff game on in the hotel room. And I'm sitting there like before we left to head off to the rally and the announcers are doing Black Lives Matter stories. They're actually talking about victims of police violence and making the victims stories as charitable as possible. I don't remember who the victim was or anything like that. I just remember the experience and thinking, man, this is deranged. So you can assume and we all know the NBA is very dependent on China. The NBA actually has uh, a training camp, a uh, development camp in Xinjiang province in China, which is the province where the CCP has concentration camps, where Uyghur Muslims, two million of them, are beaten and tortured and reeducated. The women are sterilized and raped. Their heads are shaved so that their hair can be sold as wigs to Western women. That Xinjiang province. And, up oh, stunningly enough, Disney does movie production there. That's corporate America for you. Okay. Just right along with the CCP. No big deal. We know what the NBA's wants and needs are. So I was a little surprised a week or so ago when I saw that the NBA announced they would not require their players to be fully vaccinated. And as that story developed, they talked about how certain players would not be allowed to play their home games. And I believe Kyrie Irving on the Brooklyn Nets was one of them who refused to get vaccinated and was told he's not allowed to play at his home games. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. I will totally accept it if I have misstated this somehow. And then Andrew Wiggins on the Golden State Warriors, I believe, is one of the other ones that I saw. And I'm like, well, good for these guys. That's good that they're standing up for their own bodily autonomy and not being pushed By the league and not being coerced into doing something they don't want to do, as so many others have, especially in the NFL. I wonder if the league is actually going to force these players to sit out their home games. That would be really something. okay? and we often see governments bend to the professional sports leagues, even something as basic and ongoing as the public financing of their stadiums and arenas. Rather than those private businesses or the league conglomerates paying for those buildings themselves, they'll take a bunch of money from the taxpayers to do it. This has happened for decades. It's not a rare occurrence that the professional sports leagues lead politicians around by the nose. Okay, They actually use their power and influence to take concessions from normal people which is crazy, but it happens. So today, this morning, there are a couple of videos out where NBA players are talking about their choice not to vaccinate, and it is brilliant.
3: Jonathan, Josh Robbins with The Athletic. Uh, What is it about the vaccine that that makes you uh, hesitant to to get it? Uh, I I would start with, um, I've I've had COVID COVID. in the past, and so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity, has uh, uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic, and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID, and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a re- severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected, or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or without having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say that's that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day. Uh, I don't feel that it is um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision and um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh moving the same way that you do. It's it's uh, uh you know loving those who don't.
1: Now that is absolutely perfect. What a fantastic answer. That is Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic. And some people pointed out online this morning and reminded all of us, Jonathan Isaac is one of the only players who remained standing last year for the BLM stuff. When everyone else took a knee, that guy thinks for himself and is secure in his own personhood. He is not searching for validation. That right there is a hell of a guy. I love this guy. Might have to go out and buy one of his jerseys or something, just to support the dude. That's fantastic. And here is another great answer, this time from Bradley Beal, who is a star shooting guard on the Washington Wizards.
2: Every player, every person in this world is going to make their own decision for themselves. Um, I would like an explanation to you know people with vaccines why are they still getting COVID if that's something that we are. Supposed to highly be protected from. Like, it's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID, right? So, everybody is everybody in here vaxxed? I would assume, right? So, you all can still get COVID, right? less likely to die or go to the hospital. Okay, but you can still get COVID, right? So and you can still pass it along with the VAX, right? So, so I'm not i just asking for the sure. question.
1: Oh for sure. And so like did having COVID back around the we like, that uh,
2: basically just saying like I don't want to words in your mouth, but did having it change your opinion one way or another, or like did it kind of re I don't need the vaccine? Because of that? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, that didn't. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. I mean, yeah, I had it, but that doesn't mean I can't get it again. You know, I mean, it's no different than somebody with the vaccine. Like, I can, yes, I developed antibodies for it. So my chances will be less likely now as well. Right. But it's still a possibility I may get it, just like there are players and coaches and staff who are vaxxed and missing camp right now because of it. So.
1: Another beautiful response. Absolutely perfect. He asked all the questions of the journalists. Like, why do you care? You can still get it. You got vaxxed, right? You can still get it. Can you still pass it? Yup. And the guy tried to be like, yeah, but you know, it's more about severe disease and death. Well, there's absolutely no proof in the world right now whatsoever that the vaccine actually helps that. That proof's not there. They came out with those studies at the beginning on very, very small sample sizes that showed an antibody response. And that antibody response was supposed to be significant. That's supposed to tell you that this is what's protecting you from COVID. So you're less likely to get a severe case. You're less likely to die. But remember what they were saying initially? You weren't going to get it. If you got it, you weren't going to pass it. All of that has fallen apart. All of it has. None of those narratives about the vaccine are even still being used, except for the less severe disease and the death narratives. But does anyone really believe that? Country after country, even location after location, we're getting reports where the vaccinated people are the ones in the hospital. And if antibody dependent enhancement is a thing, if the spike proteins are a thing, if what we are actually seeing is an autoimmune disorder brought on by the vaccine, which honestly does seem to be what we're seeing, then the vaccinated are the ones who are actually at risk. And that is what we are seeing. Okay. I know you're not supposed to say that. I know that that statement has all sorts of implications on people's motivations and on the motivations of the people who are even telling us about this stuff, not to mention the vaccine developers and the medical community and our politicians, but even people like those reporters right there who are trying to get these NBA guys into trouble. That is what they're trying to do, by the way. They're trying to make headlines and they're trying to get these players attacked by people on Twitter. They're trying to get them in trouble with their job trying to create a social movement to coerce these grown men into doing something they don't want to do on very good reason. That's what's happening here. So, yes, it calls into question the motivations of all these people. And once you accept that the motivations of all these people actually might not be good. Well, then, my friend, You are beginning to understand what this evil might just be, okay? And listen, as always, if somehow I end up on the wrong side of all this, right? I just overreacted the whole time. There was no election fraud. COVID actually was extremely dangerous. Anthony Fauci is a good guy. Andrew Cuomo was just trying to help old people. If I'm wrong about all of that, and there's no evil involved, Some mistakes were made, but hey, the science was evolving. Well, then I've been wrong, okay? And you can say to me, oh, you're a reactionary. Oh, this is just uh, emotional. You're just confused. You just want to be right because things didn't go your way. Fine. You know what? I'll deal with that all the rest of my life. I will figure out how to make up for my grievous moral error, okay? Maybe I just went too hard on all of this stuff. I'm comfortable with that. What about all of these people who are continuing to say that the vaccine is safe and effective? Right now, Pfizer is submitting data to the FDA to try to get the FDA to grant them an emergency use authorization for the Pfizer vaccine to be delivered to five to 11 year olds. Okay, so I'm going to get there in a second, but let's talk about this NBA thing, right? The NBA is one of those brands that all the Obamis and Romneys were totally comfortable and happy to associate with, especially like dorky millennial dudes, right, where they do all the math. They have the uh, advanced analytics. They study all the players stats so that they can give good commentary on what the NBA is doing. Except the NBA is just a soap opera for exactly those dorky millennials. That's what it is. Let's be honest. The game's not what the game was. The teams are all just clearly rigged. There have been referee scandals. (laughs) Like, the entire league is kind of a joke unless you are a very specific type of millennial who really is into the soap opera. But up till now is a very, very safe brand to associate with for that kind of person. What are these people going to do when the NBA refuses to punish Bradley Beal, Jonathan Isaac, and I guess Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving might be getting punishment by not being allowed to play in their... Team's home games. But when the league doesn't come down on these guys and silence these guys, what are these enraged vaccine Nazis going to do? What are like the good, pure Maskies going to think about this? Then they might stop watching the NBA. They might call to boycott the NBA because the NBA is no longer playing along with the imaginary game. The NBA realizes, hey, our players aren't going to do this. And we only have 12 players on a team. It's not like football where we can just cover up the fact that some player is sitting out for the year. They can actually go up to these players, they know their faces. Because they're right there on the court, close-ups all the time. No helmet, just out there, their face. You know them, you recognize them. One of the NBA's main advantages, one of their marketing advantages that they have discussed for decades is exactly this. And so they ask these guys, and they can't expect them to lie. Or if they could, they're not doing it. And good for Jonathan Isaac, good for Bradley Beal. The more NBA players who stand up and do this. The more pressure will you put on the league to silence them. And when that doesn't happen, what do the maskies and vaxis do? Well, they start. Boycotting the NBA games. And. You might think that the lesson here is the get woke, go broke lesson. But that's not it. The lesson here. Is that Corporations and even people who are trying to monetize a personal brand should not be talking about politics, okay? They just shouldn't. I used to work at a company where we would advise celebrities on their social media. We would manage celebrity social media in some cases. But we used to advise people to not get involved in making political statements, okay? You don't post the black square. You don't do any of it because you're going to get some people on your side who expect you to be part of their imaginary world. And then people on the other side might get upset because your views don't align with their views or they can tell you're lying. And then in the comment section, these people will battle one another over politics, they will have a bad time on social media, and they will connect that directly to the personal brand of the celebrity that decided to get themselves involved in politics. And the real problem is that none of these celebrities, virtually none of them, know the first goddamn thing about politics. They have no business talking about any of it, but they will because they think it's a brand enhancement. They want to associate themselves with that brand. It gives them more power. But the same principle applies here. The NBA has already decided it was worth it to associate with all different sorts of brands and ideas. They were happy to lose all of the people who don't actually want to see athletes kneel for the national anthem. They just said, OK, I guess we're going to lose all those people. And they did. Their ratings plummeted, just like every other woke entertainment institution. Now what? What happens when the Obamis and Romneys and Maskies and Vaxies start boycotting the NBA for not enforcing the vaccine? Then they've lost both sides. And this is why you don't come out and talk about politics when you are a public brand like this. It's bad branding. It is stupid. It is stupid as a business decision. Now, maybe they're getting paid by the CCP and maybe that makes it all worthwhile because they can line their pockets, but their brand is still going in the toilet. So whenever China decides to turn that money off, well, then what do you have? Then you have a brand that's worth nothing. And this applies to all the businesses that have taken COVID money to enforce Nazism. They're going to make all their employees get vaccinated and wear masks all day and night because they're being subsidized by the government. What happens when the government decides to turn off that money? Well, then you don't have a business anymore. And that's the price you paid for your laziness and complicity. And that's what we're seeing happen. But the vaccine narrative is crumbling. All these people who are so dialed into this are watching that narrative crumble around them. And I was just mentioning the evil of this narrative a few minutes ago. Let's go a little bit further into that.
4: Dr. Fauci, I wanted to get a sense from you if you if you have any idea about how children are doing, especially in areas that are still seeing a prevalence of COVID infections and full ICUs, with the Delta variant being highly transmission transmissible, and children being back in school for a few weeks, especially in the South, uh, are the numbers upticking in terms of kids in ICUs? Where do we stand?
1: Isn't the uh, phrasing of that question kind of unbelievable? I mean, she set up so many false narratives in there. To allow Fauci to give his despicable answer and have it actually make sense. Areas with a prevalence of covid infections and full ICUs. Where are those Mika point one out, Mika? And how did that ICU get full? Is it because it's actually full of COVID patients or did they just drop capacity and fire all the staff? Go ahead, Mika, show us the answer.
4: Well, putting aside
1: school for a moment, Mika, and look at just the fact that when you're dealing with the Delta variant, which as I mentioned a moment ago, is highly, highly transmissible. That means for everybody,
3: for children, for adults. So you are going to
1: see quantitatively more children in the hospital and more children in ICUs. You can go back to school safely if you surround children with people who are vaccinated, all the ones, teachers, people who are the personnel in the school, do the kind of mask wearing that the CDC recommends. We can get the kids back to school safely if those parameters are met. You are going to see more children in hospitals and more children in ICUs. That is what the Nazi doctor, Anthony Fauci, just said. All right. Anthony Fauci is more evil than Joseph Mengele, and it's not close. Now, the coronavirus has not been at any point dangerous to children. Children are less likely to get it. They're less likely to spread it. And they're almost completely invulnerable to severe cases or death. There are not children in this country who have ever been dying from the coronavirus without a severe other cause of death. That hasn't happened, okay? We've seen the testimony in the Senate. Senators asking, what's the number? How many are there? Is the number zero? And they can't even deny that it's zero, all right? So assume that it is zero. Maybe there is one or two out there that we might find out about one day doubt it the chances of death for a child from the coronavirus is like one in a million and he's saying that you're going to start seeing more sick kids and more kids in icus how does he know that how does he know that there hasn't been at any point in this entire thing in 18 19 months now whatever it is there's been no point where they have recorded transmission problems in schools. Never. Not student to student, not teacher to student, not student to teacher. No one. Ever. No outbreak. Okay? Very, 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 very few cases. Anywhere in the world the entire time. There are places in the world that never closed their schools, that never implemented masking and distancing and all this nonsense. There are places. That never close their schools that don't have outbreaks. Now, you can listen to what Anthony Fauci said and think, oh, well, he's lying. He's just trying to get children to go get vaccinated. That's the first level thought, and it is a correct thought. I'm not taking anything away from that thought. That is right. He is clearly trying to scare parents into getting their children vaccinated. But what he also knows is there are parents who are already getting their children vaccinated and want to get their children vaccinated. And once that happens, well, children are going to have reactions to that vaccine, and then they will get sick and they will end up in the ICU, but certainly not from coronavirus, which can't do that to them. It can't. When viruses mutate, they become more transmissible and less virulent. That has always been the way. Because as things evolve, they evolve for survival. And if people are dying left and right from a virus, then the virus loses hosts. Got it? Makes sense? Cool. So is Anthony Fauci master of the science telling us that the more transmissible variant is going to actually kill more kids because the OG variant didn't kill any kids. So the more transmissible, less virulent version of OG COVID is going to kill more kids. That's what he's saying. And he's trying to scare people for sure, but that is not where it ends, where it ends is is that he knows more children will be getting sick and dying and they will call it COVID just like they're doing for adults. If you see more children getting sick and dying, that is proof of what I'm saying. Okay. You gotta understand that these claims, they sound extreme, Oh, he could never do that. Well, yeah, okay, fine. Maybe Anthony Fauci is a liar and a little bit evil, and he's allowed the whole COVID thing to go on for too long because he's obviously profiting and uh, his worldview is being implemented. That's not enough for you? Okay. He is now saying that more children will get sick and end up in the ICU because of a virus that is more transmissible. Okay? So they need to get vaccinated. He knows they will get vaccinated. He is predicting more children ending up in the hospital because of the vaccine. That's it. And he knows that that is going to mostly occur in the first two weeks after they get the vaccine, which will leave them classified as, you guessed it, unvaccinated. And Anthony Fauci will be right back on Morning Joe talking about how, yes, more children are getting sick now because of the very dangerous Lambda variant, but it's only the unvaccinated children. So what we need to do is get all the children vaccinated. This is the playbook they have already run. Okay. If you can't recognize it, I don't know how to help you. What I am saying right now, is provable or disprovable in the real world, okay? It is a falsifiable claim that can be tested and will be tested in the laboratory of the real world. If more children begin getting sick and begin going to the ICU, then what we have is not the very deadly Delta variant suddenly striking down children. What we have is Anthony Fauci telling us right now what he intends to do and what he knows the result to be. Okay, I just said something that can be proven right or wrong in the real world. Let's see if it happens now. Moving on to another thing. That I have said over and over again about numerous issues that can be tested and seen in the real world. An article from yesterday in the conservative treehouse. That's the conservative treehouse OK, here's the headline. It was a con. White House has no idea when or even if OSHA will ever provide rules to support legally enforceable worker vaccine mandate. OK, now, if you remember when Joe Biden came out on September 9th, he gave that totally dystopian. Orwellian authoritarian press conference. That was my air quote sound. If my voice sounds like that, it's because I'm doing air quotes. Okay. He gave that press conference. And the next day I came out and said, hey. Joe Biden is saying that he has told them to create a rule, blah, blah, blah. Right. That is a tell every time. If he was putting something in place, it would be in place. He doesn't have the authority to put something in place. So he announces it extra harshly, more confident than ever, so that everyone out there knows I'm really in command and I'm saying the thing now. Now you have to follow me because I am the real president. Joe Biden is not the real president. Okay, Joe Biden is not president. They cheated. Everybody knows it. The inauguration was a farce. Joe Biden is not president. Joe Biden will never be president. Joe Biden cannot do the things he's saying he can do. Okay. again, all of this all the time is a bluff unless you comply. All right. They get compliance from the bluff. Some of the businesses will put in their vaccine mandates. Well, you know, the president said it. So now we got to do it. Well, we got to do it in two months. So everybody go out and get the vaccine right now. And a bunch of people will get upset. They'll express their opinions. They'll be out of a job. Because people want to speak up and get everything handled right away. Rather than forcing someone to actually put their cards on the table. Call their bluff. I say it over and over and over again. Make them fire you. Make them do it in writing. So that you have something that you can go to court with. Stop. Stop doing the thing for them. The threats are supposed to induce your compliance. If you get scared of the threat and you comply, then you have made their life easy. That is not fighting. That is surrender. Now, I'm going to read the first couple of paragraphs of this, just so we all understand what's going on here. On September 9th, Joe Biden made the announcement that all employers with more than hundred workers would be required to enforce a national worker vaccine mandate. The White House stated that OSHA would, quote, develop a rule that will require all employers with 100 or more employees to ensure their workforce is fully vaccinated, end quote. However, following the announcement, we noted OSHA was not taking any steps needed to engage with business interests to trigger the first step in the organization of a process to initiate a rulemaking process. Okay, they didn't even start. I'm only talking about the basic guidance aspect, the labor discussions with internal and external customers of the Department of Labor, OSHA, et cetera, to set a calendar for how to implement, quote unquote, guidance. Just that part. There was nothing and there is nothing. Finally, today, three weeks later, a stenographer for the regime asked the question and stenographer obviously is an opinionated word. It's not a real stenographer. The conservative treehouse is admitting their opinion. Opinionated position. Now that you understand they have an opinionated position, you can take that into account and just read. You don't have to throw away the article, as all of the commies that might be listening to this will definitely do. Oh my God. Oh I think that this is a biased source. Okay, commie. Go back to the Washington Post. Pay close attention to the White House response, and here is Jen Saki
4: on the um, vaccine uh, vaccine mandate the president said he's going to Chicago on Wednesday to encourage more businesses but the last I checked the OSHA rule was still in the rule making process do you have any update on when that will be done so businesses can implement it and when you think that will happen well there are a number of businesses that have already implemented it even before or already implemented i should say their own requirements even before the osha rulemaking it happened so and some of those businesses are in chicago uh in united is an example obviously they implemented a vaccine uh mandate several weeks ago and they now have had a huge increase in the number of uh, employees who've been vaccinated so what the president's going to continue to do is lift up private sector companies and businesses uh, that have already put in place mandates even as the rulemaking process is ongoing so
0: there's no update on
4: a timeline it's up i would ask, i would point you to osha we knew it would take a little bit of time given there are some very understandable and good questions uh by the business community we want to ensure they want to ensure there's clarity when they put out the the rules but businesses can employ it. It's become more popular. It's been very successful uh, in the vast, vast majority of businesses that have implemented mandates.
1: Now, I make fun of the communists because they put up with that sort of thing, that sort of answer representing them. This is what they voted for. They went out intentionally and selected this. I mean, they didn't really know anything, obviously, but this is what they chose. And they continue to defend and support it. She didn't say anything. Private companies are putting those mandates in place and people are believing that they have to comply with the mandate because the fake president said it on television. But there is absolutely nothing formal or legal that is allowing any of this to happen. And all of these companies doing it think that the administration is going to have their back. They are actually putting policies into place which are illegal and against the Nuremberg Code. And the administration has done absolutely nothing. This is 19 days since that announcement. There is no rule. There is no timeline on a rule. Because Joe Biden can't do the thing. And everybody knew that back then, which is why they continued asking, hey, you can't really do that, can you? And people like Nancy Pelosi and Jen Psaki and Joe Biden said that they couldn't do the thing. They couldn't mandate that. It turns out they can't. All they did was say it. And they gave cover to all these commie businesses. How many times do you think the federal government will bail out the airline companies as the airline companies do this stuff? As many as they want. Ford now is deciding to require their salaried non-union employees to be vaccinated, but their union employees don't have to. Why? Because Ford could never get that through the union. But their salaried employees, they can threaten specifically. They can just fire and replace them on their own. They don't have to deal with the union. So what are they saying? Well, they're saying that they could diminish their workforce. They know they have supply issues on the other end. So their business could just drop away because of stuff that is specifically the responsibility of this administration supply problems. That's the fake administration. The diminishment of their workforce due to vaccine nonsense, that's the fake administration. And so what happens when their business falls off? Well, they get a bailout. We already know, don't we, that the auto industry is, you guessed it, too big to fail. And who put that in place? Ah, uh, you guessed that too. It's Barack Obama, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was Barack Obama. What else is Barack Obama doing? Let's listen to Nancy Pelosi tell us.
4: Keep government open. We intend. We have to do those imminently, uh, and, and more imminently even, uh, to address the full Obama agenda of building back better. With and I love to say, building back better.
1: The full Obama agenda of building back better. Now, you can say that that was a simple slip of the tongue. She meant Biden and said Obama. Or you can consider the fact that Nancy Pelosi actually knows who's doing everything. Everybody thinks that I say the 251st day of Barack Obama's third term as if I'm joking. Oh, you know, I know he's just saying this is like Obama. He's just saying it like Figuratively, It's a metaphor. No. Barack Obama wanted a third term. This is it. He's using Joe Biden as a puppet. Barack Obama himself is a puppet, though a very high ranking one. This is Barack Obama's third term. OK. Nancy Pelosi just said it. Think Obama's not on board with the Build Back Better agenda? You think Joe Biden, his ideas are behind this. Joe Biden decided to sign the country up for global communism. Joe Biden, what created build back better and then told the other countries about it. And they were like, yeah, God, that Joe Biden, he's so smart. He knows what to do. Let's all get on board with Joe Biden's build back better agenda. Is that what happened? Obviously, that did not happen. Nancy Pelosi just told you what I have been saying for 251 days now. The entire thing is a facade. It is a charade. It is a sham. It is a fraud. You want to know who knows it? Eh, other countries. Here is a headline from Sunday in the Times of London. So Trump was right. The election was rigged. And our next one will be too. This is by a man named Rob Little. Rod Liddle, OK, it's all D's. To what extent do you think is Joe Biden abiding by his solemn election pledge to, quote, undo the moral and national shame of the previous administration? End quote. You can judge for yourself by the television pictures of terrified Haitian refugees on the U.S.-Mexico border being horsewhipped by mounted American Rangers. Now. That is a very disappointing way to start this article, and it makes me think that Rod Little might be a dumbass. And the truth is, even at the end of the article, Rod Little might still be a dumbass. That's not the point. Trump did not do anything like that. If he had attempted to, Hollywood and the partisan coastal media would have imploded in a plasma of outrage. And yet Biden has largely escaped their censure. I'm not sure either. That the little old business in Afghanistan entirely banished America's moral and national shame, nor Biden's inability to remember where the hell he is or who he is talking to, nor his geopolitical pig ignorance or his tendency to doze off at crucial moments. I think in answer to my original question that America's, quote, moral and national shame, end quote, is absolutely thriving under the present incumbent, perhaps hitting levels not seen since James Buchanan was in office. The American public is slowly waking up to the fact that they are being led by an ineffectually devious, senile halfwit. Donald Trump is back in the lead in the opinion polls. Imagine how awful a president must be if people would rather that sack of meat with mittens were back in charge. Again, this man may well be a dumbass and he is really overwriting things here. This is not good writing. A sack of meat with mittens. I mean, what does that mean? When did Donald Trump ever have mittens on? okay, or anything like it? This doesn't even make sense figuratively. okay. now, if he was talking about Bernie Sanders, maybe this would make sense. But he's already writing really, really badly. So my inclination to think he is a dumbass continues to rise. Soon, the public will wake up to something even more unpleasant and sinister. That the last presidential election was a fraud rigged by big business, the labor unions, and more than anything, the media and tech companies. If that election had taken place in any other country, it would have been called, quote, unfree, end quote. And as more and more evidence emerges, it terrifies me that the same thing could happen here. What, you argue? The BBC deliberately withholds stories damaging to its preferred party or candidate? Facebook and co.? Refuse to carry news stories harmful to the opposition because they class them as false news. Yes, I think you see my point. We already knew, even as Biden was declaring victory, that Facebook and Twitter had cut off Donald Trump's access to the electorate. He was deliberately rendered voiceless. Before then, they and the national media had smothered stories alleging the Biden family's peddling of influence and Biden's crackhead son and his dubious business interests in Ukraine false news. We were informed. Nope. Not all of it was false at all. It transpired. What we didn't know until we were told in February this year, courtesy of Time magazine, was that there actually was a conspiracy, a secret coalition of chief executives, labor unions, left-wing pressure groups, and media companies to manage what information was available to the voting public. Its aim, as the Wall Street Journal put it, was to quote, Suppress unwanted elements of U.S. political conversation, end quote. What a wonderful phrase. Time magazine reported this as if the cabal, it called the arrangement a cabal, had been acting heroically to save the U.S. public from making the same mistake again and electing that Brobdingnagian boar and to do so by suppressing stories favorable to him. Now we discover that General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was also conspiring against the president. Twice, Milley called Chinese diplomats to let them know he would countermand any order from Trump to attack China, which seems to a lot of U.S. conservatives to be an act of pure treason. Milley also went behind his president's back to connive with the Democrat leader of the House, Nancy Pelosi. The reasoning for this was that Trump was, quote, unhinged, a familiar notion peddled by the media for the four years of his presidency. Was he? I don't know. He didn't seem terribly hinged to me, but then Americans rarely do. Oh, the expert Rod Fiddle or Little or whatever his name is. Whatever the case, that election one year ago was plainly rigged, not by fraudulent postal votes. No, it. Couldn't be that. Mr. Little, you've done your studying. You know, it's not the mail-in ballots. That part wasn't fraudulent at all. No, it wasn't real fraud. It was metaphorical fraud. It was just a various uh, conglomerates, various institutions rising up against the bad, bad man. Oh yes. Oh, Rod, your little opinion is so smart and yet so mainstream. You are hewing right to the central narrative so that you don't get in trouble. Wow, you are so brave, Rod Little. Right? It wasn't the postal votes, couldn't have been. Let's continue and see what dumbass Rod Little says but by an affluent elite conspiring brutally at times to ensure that the American public heard only one side of the story. What worries me most is that so few liberal commentators seem capable of understanding that this was a grotesque manipulation of democracy. And yet surely they must see it no matter how appalling Trump seemed to them. And indeed quite often to me. Oh yes, your sensitive, sensitive feelings, Rod Little. Instead, those very acts that subverted democracy are depicted as valorous. The author of that article in time said the conspirators were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. Wow. Isn't that a little chilling? And are you looking forward to a fortified general election over here? Now, again, I will say Rod Little seems like a dumbass. If he was an exceptional writer, I might be like, all right, he's just a little confused. No, bad writer, too. Seems like a dumbass. Nonetheless, this is a narrative move forward in people's understanding of the coverage of the situation. Okay. He did not nail it with this article. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is is that the readers of the Times of London see this headline on a Sunday and the American readers are seeing it yesterday and today. And that actually does mean something. So this is a narrative push forward, even though the article is not good. This is now something that the communists are going to have thrown in their face. The media is going to do this more and more because Joe Biden's incompetence is undeniable. His illegitimacy is undeniable. And this is apart from the election fraud that is just unfolding at pace. Joe Biden is exactly as bad as I continuously describe him being at the top of every show. He is compromised. He is corrupt. He is Hunter Biden's father. And Hunter Biden did turn out that way as a factor of his family life, as a factor of Of the fact that as Ashley Biden admits, Joe Biden was taking inappropriate showers with his nine-year-old daughter. That really is who this person is. And he's exactly as stupid and racist as I describe him. It is undeniable. The media is going to start saying this more and more and more. And then what happens? And then what happens Yesterday, I started the show talking about how they pretend that the adults are back in the room. These people have the pretense of confidence because the experts say the things they say and child brains. Well, they believe the experts. And as long as no one comes along to ruin their picture of their perfect imaginary little communist utopia, then everything is just fine. And that's what they were going for the whole time. That's what they have always been going for. They want to associate themselves with being part of the brand, the right side of history. They want to be part of the brand anti-racist. They want to be part of the brand adults in the room. They want to be part of the brand. We are saving the planet by saving the environment. It is all branding. It is all nonsense. It is all the wool over your eyes that you are removing. Stop believing these people and stop giving them the power that you confer Every time you take this stuff seriously and decline to respond every single time someone says the bullshit, straighten them out. Do not silence yourself. Do not play along. Do not nod and smile. Straighten them out every single time we end this when people Understand the truth, because when enough people understand the truth, enough people will understand the existential threat they are under. And when people understand they are under existential threat, they will react properly to remove the threat. That's what we need. When 90 percent of us are doing this instead of 60 percent or 70 percent or whatever it is. When 90% of people are pushing for election integrity, when 90% of people are saying, no, you actually cannot inject my child with an experimental gene therapy, that is when we win. You got to understand that, okay? That's when we win. So let's just win. It is a decision you make to stand up and tell the truth. That's how we win. So stand up. Simple. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masked and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm Reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm Your Moderator. The sub stack is I'mYourModerator.substack.com and the merch site is CancelCouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time. Out on the range.
2: Back in as moderator for tonight's broadcast.
4: (laughs)